Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Mark 10. We admire when people lead the way, even that they lead the charge, whether that's a a general leading his troops into battle or something less risky, even of a, a football coach leading his troops out of the tunnel. There is something admirable about that scene of seeing someone lead, someone lead the charge, someone even leading that charge into danger. And that is what we get a glimpse of, perhaps in the ultimate sense, in Mark chapter 10. Now, Mark, this chapter begins with a lot of things that we have seen in Matthew, and and some of them, like Mark, discussed in a more succinct fashion. Uh, But one thing we get to, and we'll come back to some of the things at the beginning of the chapter later, uh, when we get to verse 32, that's where I want to start this morning as we think through this passage. It says, and they were on the road going up to Jerusalem And Jesus was walking ahead of them and they were amazed and those who followed were afraid. And so as you think through that scene, if you flip ahead to chapter 11, you get to the triumphal entry. Jesus is going to Jerusalem for the last time. And there's a sense even amongst the people following him, that they know what this means. There's even a fear to that. Uh, And and it was dangerous. Even think of what we'll see in John when he wants to go back into this area near Jerusalem just to see Lazarus. Lazarus, the disciples are like, "You're, you're okay, let's go so we can die with him. There's a sense that he is walking into danger. And and even another interesting factor when it says going up to Jerusalem, uh, you can see that they're they're going to Jericho, right? There's a big hill between uh, Jericho and Jerusalem. You're going up a mountain there, right? So here's this guy charging towards Jerusalem, even up the hill uh, to get to the place where he will die. And that's what he goes on to say. He, he takes the 12 again and he tells them about what's going to happen, saying, see, we are going up to Jerusalem and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, deliver him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. He tells them again, they're they're going up to Jerusalem and I am going to be delivered and I am going to die and I am going to rise again. And here's Jesus leading the charge. So one thing I want us to do is to praise Jesus. Praise Jesus for his determination. This shows us his sacrifice. Why was he doing that? Well, we'll see even later in the chapter, he's he's coming to give his life as a ransom for many. He, he came to seek and to save the lost, or the lost, or as Mark has pointed out, he, he is the suffering servant. So let's worship Jesus for that. But then I want us to notice the contrast. 
Uh, We go straight from this stirring scene of Jesus leading the charge to Jerusalem to James and John coming to him and basically asking for uh, his right hand and his left hand in glory. And Jesus is saying, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And that's really tied to his suffering. Uh, Let's go back to the coach leading his players out of the tunnel uh, imagery. Uh, Imagine you've got this coach ready to lead his team out for the championship game. And as he is preparing, you know, nearing the end of the tunnel, ready to to run out uh, with his team leading the charge, two of the players come up and and say, "Hey, coach, when we when the game's over and we win the game, and, and they're giving you the trophy, can, can we be the ones standing right next to you in the places of of honor?" And then the coach would look at these players and say, "Guys, we haven't even played the game yet." We got to go and play the game. And that's in some ways, think of what Jesus is saying to his disciples. You got to go do what I'm doing. You got to go now be sacrificial and a servant. And you will experience suffering like I am experiencing suffering. And so Jesus is responding to them by challenging them. And they say, yes, we are able. And I don't think they understand the gravity of what they are saying. And even the other disciples, they're indignant at James and John because they want those positions. And then Jesus sums it up at the end in verse 42. You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you, for whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And this is what he commends. And so this is the imagery I want us uh, to think about today. Uh, Jesus is leading the charge into the battle. And we need to worship him for that. But then the question is, are we ready to follow him? Are we ready to run out of that tunnel with him uh, and, and to compete in what he is calling us to compete in, which is not a football game. It's not even a, a physical battle, but to engage in the spiritual battle and also to engage in the, the sacrifice and suffering. Jesus says, you want to follow me? Take up your cross. Are we ready to do that? And we need to realize that's going to mean I need to serve. And that's where we want to get very grandiose with some of these things. And it may come to that. You may end up being martyred for your faith. But again, I would urge you to consider the places you will even just be today. Are you going to be in your home, at your work, in your church, in your neighborhood, or wherever you are? Are you going to charge into those arenas today saying, How can I be a servant? How can I be the slave of all? How can I sacrifice? It's, I think, somewhat frustrating, even as a pastor, people that want to talk about martyrdom and and even persecution when it's, well, hey, are you even sacrificing in your own home? Are you even serving God in the small things right now? If we're not serving Christ in the small things right now, what makes us think we will 
do so in the bigger things, if that's what God has in store for us. Uh, And some of this is tied really to what we see before the chapter starts again with Jesus teaching on divorce. We talked about that more in depth when we looked at Matthew. And it's interesting, Mark includes some of Jesus's instruction, even without the except for sexual immorality clause. He just makes it very clear, divorcing your spouse to, to remarry another, that's adultery. And we need to hear those words today in a culture where divorce is so casual. Uh, no, it's it's often adultery. Uh, we need to hear those words of Jesus. And then we see the story of the rich young man. And again, uh, notice when he says how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Well, when he talks about those who have wealth, that probably includes everybody listening to this podcast. You're probably in the grand scheme of things, a wealthy person. And that's where that's another just aside from this discussion with Jesus and his disciples. A lot of people want to make it sound, oh, it's easy to believe and follow Jesus. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus wants us thinking, no, it's impossible for people to get saved from a human perspective. But with God, all things are possible. And that's where I think we need to Proclaim the gospel. And we, we shouldn't get too smart about evangelism trying to think, well, if I package it this way, then they'll believe, no, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So proclaim the gospel and trust that God will do the impossible. But then also note the words of comfort here that Jesus gives to his disciples when they say, we, we have left everything and he promises rewards. And it's interesting, the rewards he promises, he even says, are for in this time, you're going to receive things. And that's where this isn't, again, a health, wealth, prosperity gospel, but it's a reality in the church. Uh, through the church, you gain so much blessing when you identify with Christ. You have brothers and sisters that you never had before, even if it costs you some of the brothers and sisters you had by birth. And there'll be persecutions with that. Uh, and in the age to come, there is eternal life. It is worth it to follow Jesus in this charge to serve and to sacrifice for others. Uh, One final thing at the end of the chapter we see as he's coming to Jericho, and again, that would have been on his route to Jerusalem. Uh, This last time he comes across blind Bartimaeus, a beggar. And again, note Mark has been highlighting even the role of faith in the healings. And you see that again in verse 52, Jesus says, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And one detail I've always enjoyed about this particular account is in verse 50. Well, even before verse 50, you see his faith because he is so adamant and crying out to Jesus. Even when they tell him to be quiet, he cries out all the more. And then when he comes and they say, hey, he's calling you, verse 50, he says, and throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Now, that detail I've always found interesting because for a blind man to throw off his cloak, that sounds like a big act of faith to me. I don't know. I haven't, I've never been blind, but I would imagine a valuable possession like your cloak, especially your poor likely because you're blind, you're not going to give that up very easy. You're not just going to throw that because when you're blind, things are hard to find. So I think even the throwing of his cloak is an expression of his faith. He is running to Jesus confident that he will be healed. And we see that kind of faith in Bart, uh, blind Bart, as I like to call him. Uh, Do we see that kind of faith in ourselves? And again, let's show that faith today in worship for Jesus, the one who led the charge up the hill to suffer and to die for 
us. And let's follow him. Let's follow him into battle in whatever arena he has called you today to serve and to sacrifice and to give your life for others. And let's start even in those simple things today and let's show that faith that we have in Jesus, the one who came to seek and to save us, the one who gave his life as a ransom so that we could be saved. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.